0: 3CR 855am, 3CR digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR on demand. Out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon to one every um, Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. And we pay respects to elders past, present and emerging. And any First Nations peoples listening in by whatever means. Thanks for your company too and the land was stolen and never ceded. Out of the Pan is a show covering pansexual issues, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender, and there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show. You can email outofthepan855 at gmail.com. You can SMS six one four five six seven five one two one five. You can tweet at Sal Gold Said So, and that's the bottom line. And you can look for the posts on my page, um, Sally Goldner, and also out of the Pan 3CR, 855 AM Melbourne. And, well, continuing with um, stories um, at the moment, and it is my pleasure to welcome, I think, to radio for the first time, um, Lauren, welcome to 3CR. Thanks for having me. And as we do on this show, because it is important, I use female pronouns, she, her. Do you use pronouns, and if so, which ones?
1: Yeah, I use she, her
0: pronouns. She, her pronouns. So we've got the, the she, hers. Um, all happening here today. And, well, you um, wanted to tell your story. Um, I suppose we'll say start at the beginning <laughs> a little. Um, we'll be logical and chronological or something. Um, and we'll start wherever you like, but you know, seriously dive in because you've got, you know, we were having a chat just before the show and you've got, you're doing, you've experienced some amazing things already. And Doing some good things already, so dive in wherever you need to. <laughs>
1: yeah, sure. So, I grew up in Perth. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was born to a dad from New Zealand and a mum from Canada. So, I was a Kentucky baby. Uh, they <laughs> met in that. Europe on a Kentucky tour and eventually settled in Perth. Uh, so, I had a bit of an interesting uh, childhood, particularly in high school, because I went to uh, a very religious school. Um, and the The conservative leadership of the school very much um, filtered down into the attitudes of a lot of the teachers and a lot of the students um, and made it really hard to feel accepted there Um, and made it very hard for me to come out uh, when I realised that I was uh, attracted to more than just men, Mm -hmm. Um, particularly since it very much wasn't covered in any of the sexual education that we had Um, and it made me quite depressed when... Uh, several of the girls at my school who were brave enough uh, to come out which I very much wasn't at the time uh, eventually had to leave the school because of the attitudes that other people had to that Um, and I ended up seeing a a psychiatrist to deal with some of the issues that I was having um, which you know uh, trigger warning for for some homophobia here Mm, Um, thank you yeah. So he, uh, his first response to me telling him that I had a girlfriend was, "What made me choose a lesbian lifestyle?"
0: Oh, the old life, <laughs> lifestyle choice. That yeah, yeah. Oh, I made, oh. I was making
1: a, an interesting lifestyle choice. Uh, so I can laugh about it now, but mm. um, it definitely made things very difficult. Um, and I ended up moving to Melbourne as soon as I could because I just I found that that environment in terms of homophobia and transphobia um, very difficult for me and, and the people that I was dating at the time. Um, so Melbourne and the university of Melbourne that I've been studying at ever since has been very welcoming to me. Um, and you know, there's, there's always work to be done, but, I'm very glad to be working with some wonderful people at the Graduate Students Association and at the Student Union, um, getting lots of important things done. Um, the Student Union actually has had a win earlier this week that the university has committed to 500 new gender-neutral bathrooms. Oh, that they're sensational. Going to build. Yeah, it's been fabulous. Um, so one of the queer offers at, at the Student Union did a survey of every single bathroom across mm-hmm. our path parkville campus to show just how few of these bathrooms were actually accessible um, to people that didn't identify as male or female so they've now committed to building 500 new gender neutral bathrooms which is incredible Um, and absolutely well done to them uh, for getting that done yeah so i'm currently a doctor of medicine student at the university um very much motivated by my early experiences Mm. um you know the the disproportionate um, rates of, of mental illness and yeah. suicide, unfortunately, in our communities. Um, part of that is the way that we're treated by society, but part cool. of that is the way that we're treated by medicine. Yeah. So I'm really working to change that.
0: Yep. Lots in there. And we'll just say to our listeners, if anything is distressing, please talk to someone. And in particular, there is QLife, including Switchboard in Victoria mm-hmm. and Tasmania on 1800 184527. There's so much in, you know, there's the, we'll say the executive <laughs> summary of the story. I want to go back and track through a few Absolutely. things. If it's okay to talk about a little more in detail what the, I'm going to almost say in inverted commas, air quotes, rabbit ears, mm. um, the sex ed was about and, or not about.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I didn't even... Um, I actually didn't learn what a dental dam was uh, until I was taught by one of my human biology teachers. That that wasn't even in the course that she was supposed to be teaching, but that was something she included because she knew our, our sex ed was, you know, it was essentially, um, you know, when when you're working as a secretary at dad's company and, and you get married to some big and up-and-comer, he's going to want to have children and, and that's how sex works. Um, so I very much didn't feel like you know, I, I had no knowledge of how to have safe sex with um people I was attracted to that didn't have penises. Um
0: I, I'm just I you know, I don't know if looks can't convey themselves through microphones, but <laughs> if anyone had been in the studio and seen the look on my face as you said that, I mean just unpacking that that all you're good for is to be a secretary and then go off and have kids. I mean that's a little bit sex ed for starters. I mean, let's get it out there in the open but I mean, that's just. I am mean, sorry, is that just the level of chauvinism, and that just is, you know, you know, mm. is a smack in the face. And this was a, um, you know, the this was a government school or private school.
1: This this was a private school, um, so not it, it was religiously affiliated, yep. so not not run by the church, but closely affiliated with.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh, I mean, it's sort of still. In one sense, you know, when you hear when I think hear, hear things like that, there is this "oh heavens to Betsy" you know mm. sort of thing. But then you realise that there are people who have those attitudes, you know, yeah. outside the main bubbles that I'd like to live and work and socialise in.
1: Mm. Um, and, and that's that's why I'm so passionate about mm. um, things like the Safe Schools Coalition um, and programs like that. Is getting up to date, evidence based sex ed to um, students to teach them about how to be safe um, and how to have um, autonomy in their sexual lives, regardless of how they identify.
0: Absolutely, you know, sort of um, safety, consent, appropriate age—really, the three baseline rules. Yeah. Um, at any time, and I mean that. that yeah, I just, I mean, I, my mind is not trying; not finding the words to compute <laughs> how ama- how abysmal that those comments are. Mm. Um. And, you know, the other part that you mentioned is the psychiatrist. Um, yeah. Did you talk to your parents about what that psychiatrist said or did you have people to support you anywhere apart um, at that time? Yeah,
1: um, I was very lucky that I did I did manage to find um, some friends at my school who had also, you know, had, had similar experiences and were also same-sex attracted. Mm. Um, and we very much supported each other through that, but... I mean this is this is one of the things um that it's hard for the straight people in my life to understand that even though I'm 110% out in Melbourne obviously um I'm very much still uh in the closet in in Perth for the most part and particularly with family I I only told my dad last year um and you know there's still a lot of a lot of family members that don't know so you know when you have those bad experiences with medical professionals you Mm. can't necessarily say why and what kind of help you need which is why it's so important for everybody to have basic competencies
0: absolutely gosh that's awful to feel so well largely isolated but you know there was that sort of does seem that where a school at least is conservative, the students have this sort of, well, I'll use the phrase almost underground support network in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is something, but you've got to be able to find it,
1: I suppose. Yeah, and that that was part of the problem that we did try and formally organise to have a, a gay-straight alliance um, at the school and were absolutely blocked by um, school, school staff um, and the school board said that we couldn't do that. Um, we tried to run a campaign because at the time... I think this is still the case that the school would only let us um, would only let us bring cis men to our school formal. Um, so I I was the only girl in my year twelve class out of about 180 that didn't end up going to that ball because I said, well, I can't bring who I want to bring, so I won't come.
0: Fair enough. And I was going to ask you about that. I mean, that your high school finished only say a few years ago, and I was going to ask. you Yeah, if there was so any 2012. Program. Yeah, but sadly no progress since.
1: No, not not that I've heard of.
0: Gosh. Um, you know, look, I think that that takes, you know, no, I, how can I put my words here? I think that that takes enormous strength to get through, but on the other hand, wouldn't it be good if we could use our strength for something else? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, it just is, um, you know, incredibly, um, you know, just gobsmacking that it's still happening, but... um Come back and have a chat um, some more in a second. But, well, given that you just mentioned a formal, this was honestly not programmed, listeners of all genders. Here's Emma Wall in a, ta- a song called Dinner Jacket. 3CR <laughs> 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3CR.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Lauren Taylor. <laughs>
2: between power from the margins 3cr's broadcast for international day of people with disability on 3rd of december from 7 a.m to 7 p.m will feature bipoc perspectives live music artists and discussions for details visit 3cr.org.au forward slash disability day 2019
3: If you three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, I sure know where you are. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. If you listen to three, say oh, clap your hands. Well, check out the happening vibe. They're going to ring up and subscribe if you listen to three say, uh... Slap your ears! What? Who the hell is that? Slap your ears! What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is Handmade Radio. Slap your ears! Get out. Get the hell out of here now.
0: Three CR, eight five five AM, three C R Digital, three C R dot org dot AU Disability Um Day broadcast not too far away, Tuesday week, um with a whole range of shows covering those issues. And I'm Sally Goldner, your host of Out of the Pan, and my guest today is Lauren Taylor, who well, we got to the point where you sort of um, never mind the that movie which I can't remember who it stars, Escape from New York, you well <laughs> uh, Escaped from Perth. And look, it's it's, it's understandable but You know, I I do want to give a a call out to good people like Misty Farquhar and Nick Lawrence who are doing awesome work over there with Transfolk of WA and Misty and Duke who do great work with um, Bisexual Plus Perth and, um, you know, sort of uh, awesome contributors. But, you know, I think, you know, after what you've been, you went through at school, which no one should go through that. Um, Great that, you know, there's that strength, but you shouldn't have to be strong just to survive in a sense, strong to grow yourself and other people. Well, you are, you know, you've just came to Melbourne and um, can I ask when you put in for courses that you wanted to do, um, you know, was it, um, you know, sort of interstate unis um, to do medicine?
1: Yeah. So um, the way medicine works at Melbourne is we do a postgraduate course. So I did my three-year bachelors. Um, mm-hmm. So I have a bachelor in science, majoring in neuroscience, uh, and then I applied to medicine. Okay. Um, so yeah, I didn't actually end up applying at UWA because I was so sure that I just, I needed to, I needed to leave birth.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And so you got over here and as you mentioned in your sort of overview, you, you know, sort of, it was like, was the proverbial queertopia a bit. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. look, there's great queer societies as far as as I'm aware, as much as a 54-year-old who um, hasn't been done a course at uni for years, but pops in and does lectures there's you know there are good things going on
1: absolutely yeah. which
0: is on most of the campuses that i can just you know think of racking through my brain um and um, that's welcome to see and you know in terms of i was going to ask in terms of the teaching of your um b science and now postgrad in medicine thus far has there been diverse and inclusive content so you know has a, for example has the lecture on prostates or something all been about men 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 or is it just people yeah with prostates? so
1: I mean, the, the courses and, um, you know, credit credit to the to the medical school, they're making a lot of progress in terms of um, inclusive content within our curriculum. So a couple oh, of good. years ago, there was um, basically um, when we do subject experience surveys of how was the course, a whole bunch of students put in the fact that they didn't feel like they were competent um, to basically do consults with aboriginal patients they didn't feel Ah. that they had the education to do that in a culturally safe way and the medical school absolutely hurt us on that Uh, so they hired uh, dr nari blow who is uh graduated from our course several years ago um very proud indigenous activist and she has transformed the course her and her team have done an incredible job
0: Oh, that's excellent to hear. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: Nari has put in a lot of content into our degree um, in terms of cultural safety and cultural competency, but there is a long way to go, I think, um, particularly with including um, LGBTIQ health and making all lecturers, including guest lecturers, aware. So particularly with um, content covering transgender and intersex um, Mm. individuals, I think there's a long way to go. Um, there's definitely still some content in the course talking about disorders of sexual development oh. rather than about intersex health. Um, and as we know, um, a medical abuse of, of intersex people is is still a rampant problem within medicine.
0: Yeah, gosh, lots of, lots of things in there. I mean, we're sitting here talking about queer health with possibly, you know, um, an unconscious lens of Western, Anglo, middle class, mm. et cetera, and, you know, first of all, let's focus on where, let's just shift the focus centrally to, in, you know, First Nations health that, um, you know, obviously, you know, sadly huge issues there, obviously with a lot of linkage to co- um, colonisation, that sort of thing. And so that's good to see that happen. Um, Absolutely. Um, because everyone, as you, you know, you've sort of said everyone's health needs to be improved and keep improving, mm-hmm. to, in fact, total health and well-being. So that's very awesome. But then, of course, we get to perhaps interse- you know, intersectionality, which I always say: let's value all the parts of a person. But sadly, sometimes we devalue some or all of them. And so, there could be for queer people and in, in First Nations where there's you know they're both. There um, you know, <clears> could be issues there too.
1: <clears throat> and I think a big part of it is um, visibility as well. I mean, you know, I may never treat a patient with tuberculosis or lupus, depending on what I specialize in, but. Regardless of what I specialise in, I'm going to treat First Nations people, um, I'm going to treat LGBTIQ people, whether they disclose that to me and feel safe to or not. Mm. Um, So it's something that absolutely every doctor should be competent in and feel comfortable um, doing that kind of practice and be informed by the community as to what their healthcare needs are rather than, you know, because again, a lot of aspects of our health system are a holdover from white colonial ideas of how healthcare works. And that's not necessarily how healthcare works for us.
0: Well, you know, true um, that, um, you know, and it was a, it's a very limited approach, um, you know, a white approach, a cis approach, a hetero approach, an endosex approach, um, all those things. And, you know, we were chatting just before the show about um, the, the the issues for people with intersex variations mm-hmm. and... Um, just that there hasn't been anything remotely like an intersex tipping point yet by a long way and that just, you know, it's still, you know, bi and trans are sort of clawing our way in, so to speak, but, you know, strongly feel for where people with intersex variations are at, particularly in the medical um, structures. Hmm.
1: And I think a big part of that is allyship and yeah. making sure that absolutely everybody is trained. Um, Because I do a lot of training with medical students um, and junior doctors in terms of giving them that toolbox of, you know, if you do have a transgender patient, here's how to sensitively ask the things you need to ask about their medical history, those sort of practical skills. But um, at the end of the day, it's about um, those of us who are starting to come through, you know, that medical training program um, and starting to take over the leadership of the medical establishment. It's about calling out those practices and rejecting those practices, whether they specifically affect us or not.
0: Absolutely. You know, um, you know equality, you know, I can't remember the exact saying right now, but equality fine has to be quality for all, something like Absolutely, that. Absolutely, yeah. And that includes in medicine. I notice also that you have a, well, it's a casual clothes day today, not scrubs <laughs> or anything, but um, you've got your Rainbow Arch badge on it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering how... I don't. I'd please forgive what might sound a bit of a stupid question, but whether you, you know you're able to wear something like that, you know, if you are on a nursing round or something like that.
1: Yeah, so I do wear. Um, so I do a lot of work with the uh, Melbourne University Ally Network. So we have um, lanyards for all of our members. So I wear that on the ward with my oh, my swipe cards. Yeah.
0: Which, you know, it's not everything, you know, you can't just, you know, put a rainbow sticker on the door and obviously someone has to want to wear some sort of rainbow or part thereof's insignia, but it's still, to, you know, a help, I think. I yeah. think it does far more, far more good when, when the education is done behind it.
1: Yeah, um, and it has led to a lot of, you know, other students and even junior doctors coming up to me and going, oh, I see the, can I ask you?
0: <laughs> yep. And then you get the conversation going, and yeah. Yeah, are you aware that trans people are often misgendered in hospitals, and intersex people, you know, infants are still facing, and away you go. So yeah. yes, it's a great communicator on you know on every direction, which is awesome, and um, yeah, you know, sort of how I um, ask how the the rounds are going, so to speak. You know? Yeah,
1: yeah, going well. So I'm on uh, the renal unit at the moment, so uh, lots of dialysis, lots of transplant patients.
0: Okay, gosh. Um... I admire people who can work in physical health settings. I'm not ultra squeamish. I can manage to put a a band-aid over a cut finger or something. (laughs) But, you know, sort of the the things you must say, I give full credit to people Mm. who can do that. I mean, um, you know, I just uh, nothing to do with queer or or diversity even. You know, there can be stress for people in health professions, of course. Yeah. Um, How, you know, I've heard that it can really run people down, including, you know, even before people get into sort of the medical setting even students um how is that going has there been work done on that um that to your knowledge and how if i may ask how you know did you have any issues with that and how did you cope
1: yeah absolutely so you know burnout is is a common problem and this is definitely it's an ongoing conversation um within the medical workforce um we've had quite a few instances particularly in new south wales earlier in the year we had um quite a few incidents of, uh, doctor suicides and medical student suicides. Um, it, it does happen. Um, and yeah, our, our medical school has put in place, um, basically health and wellbeing practitioners who are responsible for taking care of just us. Um, so whenever I, feel like, whether it's a patient interaction or an interaction with a peer or something in my personal life, um, I do go to those health and wellbeing practitioners. Um, I did, yeah, I did burn out um, towards the end of last year um, and was hospitalised um, for two weeks. But, you know, I got got the care I needed and I've been able to get back to work. Um, That's good. Yeah. And it's, there's definitely a lot of there's a lot of emotional stresses that you go through Mm. um, because, you know, you need to empathise with people in order to do the job. Um, So it can be, you know, when you do have to deliver that really bad news to people, it can be quite emotionally upsetting. But at the same time, the relationships that you build with patients and their families are just, it's, it's why I keep doing it. You know, within 10 minutes of meeting patients, they've told you things that they may not have told their spouse or their parent or their child you develop a really unique relationship of trust with that patient and it's just, it's like nothing else.
0: And your openness, you know, um, probably, you know, wearing some sort of rainbow insignia mm. is probably going to help that because they're saying, well, here's this person who's being open and authentic and, oh, wow, you know, that's going to be, I think that, you know, again, you know, for, for the um, health professional client relationship, it's got to be more beneficial, which is Absolutely.
1: awesome. And, you know, I'm lucky enough to be able to be out at work and be safe and be accepted and be welcomed so i'm happy to do it so um what
0: do you have a specific you know sort of if you you know after you've done all the studies that you need need to do for now let's say um you know medium to long you know medium term what would be your immediate goal in medicine anything really specific um that you know if you had the dream medical job
1: yeah um child and adolescent psychiatry Uh (laughs) Be be what I needed when I was younger.
0: Yeah, I can get that.
1: Yeah, but also um, hoping for a career in public health as well because there's a lot of issues um, that we see in the hospital that we can't solve in the hospital environment. They're much more societal issues than they are medical issues. Mm. Um, You know, we get... um, Particularly since I'm I'm a student at St. Vincent's, we get a lot of patients who are experiencing insecure housing or homelessness, uh-huh. and we can take care of their medical needs, but there's a lot of other needs that we have that they have that we can't we can't take care of in, in a hospital setting, and it's about building those broader social supports so that they get the help they need, um, and it, it's building our our primary health. Resources. So, for example, a lot of our patients who come in have um, foot infections that are very serious because they've been sleeping rough and they don't have shoes. And we can give them antibiotics and surgeries mm. and rehab. But at the end of the day, if we don't discharge them with shoes, it's going to happen again. If we don't get them secure housing, it's going to happen again.
0: Yeah. No, to- totally true. It can be holistic enough. I have heard that sadly, homeless people feel they almost, you know, sort of feel more, well, safer, well fed or something in hospital because it's the only place they can almost go, Mm. which is a a frightening indictment on society. Absolutely. So it's, you know, it's good to see that holistic thinking um, that is happening and um, wonderful to see. And on a totally different note, when you're not doing medicine (laughs) (laughs) uh, and social justice and good things like that, what else does Lauren do?
1: Yeah, um, so I'm a bit of a grandma. Um, I do uh, a lot of fiber crafts, so I knit and uh, I crochet and I embroider, and I've started spinning, spinning my own wool recently. Wow! <laughs> yeah, I'm a bit of a bit of a grandma.
0: <laughs> you can be a grandma. We, we're not worried about age or generational <laughs> or anything. Uh, but the thing is, it's it's a relaxant. It's a you yeah. Know, a, I won't say scapism, that's too strong. It's just an alternative to perhaps the somewhat, um, you know, the sometimes heavy going of the medicine work that you do.
1: Yeah, like I I feel like everybody, you need to have something.
0: Yeah, you've got to have something to get away for sure. Yeah. Um,
1: And also I find it very empowering to be able to make my own clothes.
0: Yeah, well, that. Ah, are you wearing a self-creation today? Oh, no, no. No?
1: (laughs) Not today, no. Um, But, yeah, I find it very um, empowering to not have to rely on, you know, commercial clothing and fast fashion and to be able to make things for myself and others that are one of a a kind and they're going to last.
0: Fair enough, yeah, and there is that sense of um, that it's yours. You know, it's almost Mm. like you're cooking a meal or something for yourself rather than... You know which does give that sense of satisfaction at times, you know when you cook when one cooks for themselves, yeah wow, and um yeah, um, it's just look, it's just awesome to hear of these <laughs> things and. You know, I do want to pay tribute to people who have done a lot of pioneering work in Mm. queer health. Dr Ruth McNair, who got, I haven't had a chance, I forgot to mention, got some Australia Day, uh, Queen's Birthday Um, Honours. I think it was Order of Australia.
1: Yep, it was. Congratulations to Ruth.
0: You know, I've I've got to say one of my favourite moments um, was at a conference a few years ago. It was the Mental Health Conference and I, you know, was trying to pretend to know how to do social media, put a picture on Facebook, and um, someone just posted underneath, love that doc. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that sums up Ruth pretty well, just an awesome human. And of course, um, someone who got um, medicine going in student um, settings to try and get the curriculum to be more inclusive um, as you And as well, um, also, um, you know, we now have you know, trans GPs, um, Nate Reed, um, who's away from Northside at the moment, but hopefully, back soon. And I think that's just so comforting even for someone like myself who's out that you can go somewhere and just go,
1: ha! Ah. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's it's been really empowering for me as well to, you know, have – I'm lucky enough to have people like Aziel and Ruth McNair that, you know, I know when um, – have been very privileged to learn from. And it's really reassuring to me to go, oh, I don't have to invent this new career. I don't have to blaze a trail. You know, there are these incredible people who've gone before me and they've started that work and they've fought those battles. And now I can stand on the shoulders of those giants.
0: Absolutely. You know, sort of get the road from um, rough track through to one paved to, well, um, you know, sort of, um, you know, sort of um, smooth and fast lined and, you mm. know, and, you know, look, someone will see you and go, wow, as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: Um, But I, I think there's something incredibly valuable about, you know, the fact that for perhaps, you know, the first time in, in at least modern Western medicine, we have that intergenerational teaching of we have older queer doctors who are able to, to teach us how to practice in a culturally safe way. And I think that's incredibly important.
0: Yeah. Well, Lauren, um, I can't think of anything more to chat with for the moment. Just um, we'll do another track. Um, What have we got lined up? Um, We've got, um, well, again, unplanned linkage. Because you've had mentors, Um, you didn't have to blaze a trail to, quote, Roy Orbison lead vocals on the Travelling Wilburys album, Handle With Care. You're not alone anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, blatant segues on 3CR. Um, You know, sort of um, just have a a musical breather and be back with more of Out of the Pan 3CR, 855 AM 3CR, 3cr digital3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. 3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, out of the pan with Sally. And, well, we've sort of covered the direct issues of medicine with Lauren, but I asked Lauren to stay on because, and I apologise to our listener who I didn't get to this SMS last week, but we're going to discuss it. Um, Guest analyst Lauren Taylor and I will discuss (laughs) an SMS from Ant. Um, Strong rumour that a new organisation will be set up just focusing on lesbian, gay, bisexual issues, rights, and not including trans, intersex, or the term queer, or fight for equality within a conservative environment. Now, there's sort of, as it says, it's a rumour, but nothing would surprise me on a few counts. Um, a few weeks ago, in my, my Bisexual Alliance hat, Bi Alliance email addresses were spammed by some so-called, um, you know, sort of, Oh, but we're not really trans. We don't really hate trans, but it was trans hate sort of person from England and a few other prominent queer people and organisations in Australia got it and at least, um, you know, um, know, we'll we'll say, knocked it back in their face pretty quickly. Um, But this seems to be an issue that um, LNG in particular, I'm, you know, as someone who uses the terms buy and pan myself, um, By Alliance was, you know, you know, very strong in writing back rejecting this nonsense. But I just, I really struggle with this, that anyone who really calls themselves lesbian, gay or bi could say, well, we've got our rights now or think they have and then slam the door in the next group's face. I just find this a problem and I'm just, you know, curious for your thoughts generally and also we are aware there has been issues on Melbourne Uni we'd probably better say general content warning in this discussion for mentions of transphobia and um, outright transphobic vilification, but I think we've sort of got to talk about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to to talk about it and to call it out, that kind of lateral violence that absolutely isn't acceptable. Um, And unfortunately, it's not new. Mm. Um, But I think it absolutely, it it needs to be called out. Um, And that idea of, you know, now that now that we have marriage equality, now that we have rights for some, mm. um, we shouldn't be fighting f- for rights for others, which is absolutely unacceptable. I mean, I, um, I was I was very vocal on my campus and in my community about campaigning for same-sex marriage. Now I'm a, a polyamorous person who who doesn't believe in marriage, but mm. it's it's important to campaign for those rights, even if they don't affect you personally yeah. because it's about moving the whole community forwards and you know knowing how much trans activists and intersex activists and queer activists have done and continue to do to win me my rights how could I possibly turn my back on them
0: well that's that's the approach we need um but it seems there are some people who either are or I'm going to say are claiming to be you know gay lesbian bi who are turning their back on the trans community. Mm. Um, and also to...
1: it's it's important to remember the number of people who identify as lesbian, gay and, and uh, bisexual who are also trans or intersex people or who are in relationships with attracted to uh, lesbian, sorry, attracted to trans and intersex people.
0: Well, a- absolutely. And, um, you know, um, if I can, you know, to add into that, um, Tony Briffer, um, you know, pioneering intersex advocate in Australia has said that... Tony has identified as all of LGBTIQ somewhere along the line. Mm. And that shows the journeys we go through. But, you know, it also creates that sense, I hope, of empathy. But um, it seems sometimes um, it doesn't be that way. I might, you know, sort of ask you to think, you know, we know, as it's called, lateral hostility, people Mm. turning, minorities turning on each other, whether it's across, in this case, LGBTIQA plus or within one of those groups. And I also want to acknowledge that First Nations and people of colour um, for the use of that term, it's you know, it's where it came from and we don't have one specifically for Rainbow World yet, so we'll go with that. Um, how, you know, we know it exists. We know it's problematic. There's squillions of stories, but isn't it... How would you, you know, I'm probably putting you on the spot a little bit, how can we move it to a better place, I suppose? What Any thoughts on that?
1: Honestly, I think um, part of it, and, and I have... I have noticed that shift is part of it is recognising that despite our emotional and historical connections to words like lesbian and and bi and gay, there are artificial boundaries within a unified queer community. You know, there are so many people who move between those labels Mm. over time. There's so many interconnections. Um, in the present day and historically between those communities and the struggles within those communities, there's so many different ways that sexuality has been defined and discussed and used in language over time. And, you know, again, coming back to First Nations people, um, there's been across cultures, there are many, many different ways to talk about sex and gender and sexuality that don't fit under that umbrella at all. Um, And, you know, there definitely has been... A shift that I've seen in in my generation and people younger than me of of simply using queer
0: um,
1: mm. and identifying around that unified umbrella. Um, and you know, I I still use bisexual and pansexual because that community is important to me. Mm. Um, and recognizing that that history and that that culture that I'm a part of, but also that unified queer umbrella that essentially we are fighting the same fight. There are individual issues that. Each community has, mm. um, but at the same time, what we want is the same thing, is um, the end of discrimination and true equality, regardless of sex or gender or sexual orientation.
0: Yeah, sex characteristics or rel- how we do our relationships or don't yeah. do relationships for those who are um, asexual or maybe a- and or aromantic. So, yeah, I think you've got a good point And I think it often comes back to that, you know, what we focus on, we're sort of Generally or large you know somewhat good at standing each other when we 're somewhat under attack or seem to be under attack, and a good example of that you know well when I say good example, an example of that where we felt a bit under attack was the horrible police raid on hares and hyenas. Mm. It was every person who fits somewhere under queer or rainbow was so supportive, and of course many you know allies but yeah, you know, sometimes when we're not under attack, we, what unites us, we need to sort of focus on those values and put them into practice a bit more.
1: Mm. But un- unfortunately, too much of the time, it's, you know, when the community does come under attack, it's, you know, trans and intersex people and people of colour putting their own struggles for their own issues on the back burner mm. in order to show solidarity with LGB.
0: Yeah, Yes. Don't mention the postal survey I did once, but I think <laughs> I got away with it, um, to quote um, Basil faulty No, look, it's a big issue. And I think that, you know, we need to work through some of these deeper structural issues that mm. stop us doing that better. I mean, we can, you know, it's all very nice to say, be kind to one another, or let's do respect and inclusivity. But um, I've latched on to three words lately myself, um, mm. if we're going to do, well, it's probably for the same for any change, but certainly for diversity. Um It's got to be conscious, proactive and continuous, probably Mm. amongst other things. And if you just now a few vague slogans are a good start, but then they've got to be enacted. And I think it's really important that we are doing that. Mm. Um, I'm just going to do a couple of quick messages and then we'll come back and wrap it all up before Freedom of Species come in at one. Um, It is my pleasure to have on the show today um, Lauren Taylor. Um, and um, we'll just come back and conclude Out of the Pan after we have a couple of quick messages on 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally and guest Lauren.
2: Stars. What up, this is G1. This is DJ Illinois. And together we are Rebel, Rebel Diaz. Diaz. And whenever we are here, we listen to 855 a.m. 3CRD Digital 3CR.org.au. You already know what it is. Free radical radio let's go. 3CR Future.
1: Most LGBTIQ
0: people experience positive, intimate, and family relationships. However, like cisgendered heterosexual people, some LGBTIQ people experience abuse and violence in their relationships. With Respect is a new family violence service for LGBTIQ plus Victorians, providing counselling and recovery programs for victims and survivors of family violence and help for people using violence who want to stop. With Respect is a partnership between Queer Space, Thorn Harbour Health, Switchboard Victoria and Transgender Victoria. For more information, visit withrespect.org.au or call one eight hundred five four two eight four seven. 542 847 With Respect is not a crisis service. If you need immediate help, call 000. A
4: 3CR supporter.
0: Indeed it is, and proudly, well, I can say declaring an interest in that one with great deal of pride. Great to see that issue being covered after being buried for so long and getting some more, um, um, you know, sort of visibility because it is needed. Um, Just very quickly, things that are coming up for um, trans men, trans masculine and possibly friends. The shed is on in Carlton this afternoon. Um, On Tuesday is the buy discussion group um when's friday night um check out um 31 slash 44 for queer tv but there's another event on this afternoon the Polyvic social and we we're just going to have a quick chat for the last few minutes about poly lauren because that's yeah something that absolutely doesn't get enough um positive discussion at times or can be sensationalized it's interesting when i get my google alerts every night the only, <laughs> the only one god forbid covering it is the daily mail mm-hmm. uh, well, yes let's not go there but um yeah thoughts
1: yeah so um you know, that's, that's also something that um, I feel is, you know, my identity and my relationships as a polyamorous person are, are very closely tied to my life as a queer person. Um, and also, you know, again, it's, it's something that I advocate very strongly for in the medical community, because it's something that I've experienced significant discrimination about uh, from the medical community. So, you know, mm. um, mental health professional trying to, you know, pathologize it of, oh, if if you need all these relationships, obviously there's something wrong with you. Mm. Um, and, you know, again, it's about recognising that, you know, monogamy is a construct and it's, it's a colonial construct. Um, and it's, you know, it's very much not the way that everybody has done relationships for the yeah. entirety of history. Um, yeah, so it was very much something that I started to explore when I moved to Melbourne. Um, in kind of tandem with coming out as a queer person. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, basically recognizing that um, monogamy was something that I had taken as a given because of my upbringing and wasn't necessarily who I was or who I wanted to be. um, And very much, you know, was enforced on me rather than something that I made a conscious decision about. And I think it's something that you know, a lot of people take for granted of, oh, monogamy is the norm, so that's what I'm going to do. And it's not necessarily how they want to have relationships with others.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was regularly attending the Polyvic discussion group tonight, being the social group, a few years ago, someone said, um, if you think polyamory is tra- try monogamy. <laughs> and, you know, I think the serious um, way to look at that is that um you know look it's it's hard if it's not who you you feel that if you if you don't think it's or feel or think it's authentic for you to do whichever then the other way or something mm. else is going to be hard
1: yeah but it's it's very much um you know it, it's similar to you know for example, if I um have a relationship that ends that ends and I'm a straight person, people go, oh, that particular relationship Mm. didn't work out. But, you know, when it's a relationship that ends and people know that I'm a pansexual or a polyamorous person, it's, oh, that relationship didn't work out because of your pansexuality or because of your polyamory
0: yeah oh gosh so so often does that happen you know relationships of all sorts break up they all just end because you know for whatever reason Hmm. or no reason at all
1: yeah and i think being being poly has given me a new perspective on relationships that i think is a lot more realistic and a lot more helpful and you know trying to tie myself to Again, that, that heteronormative narrative that, you know, I was going to date somebody and then move in together and then we're going to get married and have children and, you know, retire to Queensland and die, <laughs> um, you know, that, that wasn't a narrative that, that worked for me and that was very much a narrative that I only felt that I had to perform because that that, that's what society expected me to do as a heterosexual woman.
0: Yep, and while well, society's expectations haven't always worked, we're going to have to leave it there, Lauren. Yeah, Look, sure. It's been an absolute delight to have you on the show and hear the perspectives and just so good to see this happening in medicine to make it more inclusive and intersectional. So just keep rocking and stay in touch <laughs> if there's things that you're doing that you yeah. want, to, want to announce on the show or come back at some point. Um, just been, it's absolutely awesome to see these things happening, so just keep tracking.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: Uh- an absolute pleasure. Um, well, gosh, um, again, totally unscripted people of all genders, but I'm going to take it out today with Paul Kelly from Nature with the great um, vocals um, in the song of Kate Miller Heidke, bound to follow. We <laughs> hope people are being bound to follow in the medical profession. Lauren and Taylor, thanks again for being on Out of the Pan. And for everyone else, um, for our listeners, that is, catch you next week.
5: Woke up with the dread a stranger by my bed. The room was cold, I swear she entered with no tray. Are you real? I said, or just somebody in my head? She said, Hush now, you must follow. Next thing I recall, I'm walking by a silver lake. I couldn't tell if I or away She kept just ahead of me No matter how I tried to gain on her I knew I was bound to follow I had to follow on her face Though I seemed to be the hunter I was much more like the prey And I was bound to follow I had to follow